Thank you for downloading our podcast today. We hope this message is a blessing to you. For more information about Revolution, check us out at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. So we started a new series last week on forgiveness. We're calling it Forgive. And last week we talked about the secret, Jesus' secret, when he hung on the cross and he said, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I wanna encourage you, if you didn't hear that message, go back and listen to it again. You can find the message on our website or even a podcast. Uh, there's a secret there that all of us can learn and all of us can lay hold of about walking in forgiveness. It's amazing. You know, as I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, my inspiration came from a time that I was thinking about uh, the last time that I vacuumed. Okay, I am not a vacuumer. Um, I, I used to vacuum, you know, years ago, but I just am not a vacuumer. But every on the occasion that I do push the vacuum, cleaner and I'm not you know it, it, vacuuming is not beneath me it's just that we don't have a lot to vacuum so so just get that straight I don't need anybody reading anything that I'm saying right now okay I have no problem pushing a vacuum cleaner okay but on the last occasion when I did push the vacuum cleaner okay I had one of those spots and one of those things that was on the ground okay that I kept pushing the vacuum cleaner I'm just clicking and something hard that the machine wasn't picking up and wasn't sucking up so I went at it this way, okay? Wasn't able to pick it up. So I came at it from the side. It didn't pick it up. I came at it from the other side. It didn't pick it up. I just kept going over it. And so this, you know, this vacuum cleaner needs to pick up that thing. And it wouldn't pick it up. So I looked down, whatever it was, and, and I picked up whatever that thing was. It was a hard screw head or whatever it was. And I'm just looking at it and said, hmm. Then you know what I did? I did the dumbest thing. I threw it back down again and I tried it again. There was some, some reason I felt like that thing needed to go in the vacuum cleaner, okay? And I'm there, I'm just wasting time doing this over and over and over. And I think some of you have done the exact same thing. Don't look at me like that and don't judge me like that, okay? So, but here's what I thought. This is what I thought. When you start thinking about hurt and you start thinking about getting over hurt or getting over offense, that's what it's like if we don't know how to get over an offense or if we don't know how to get over a hurt, okay? We're just like pushing the vacuum cleaner all in different ways and it's not getting any better. And just when we think that we can get it better, we pick the dumb thing up and we throw it back and we try it again and again and again. It doesn't work that way. That's not how we get healed. That's not how we get over offense. That's not how we get over hurt. And today we're gonna to talk about how to get over the hurt, how to get over the offense. Because listen, the only person that gets damaged is ourselves when we are holding on to a hurt, when we're holding on to offense. The other person doesn't get hurt, we're hurting. It's hurting us, okay? And I heard somebody say this, that, that, uh, that offense is kind of like this. It's kind of like setting yourself on fire and hoping that the fumes hurt the other person. That is how critical uh, being hurt is or being offended is. Why would we set ourselves on fire and just thinking some certain fumes are going to hurt the other person? We are the ones who get hurt when we get offended or when we get hurt. And here's, let me say this too as well. 
Some of us believe that the only way that we can get over an offense or that we can get over or hurt is if the other people apologize to us. Friends, you can never wait for somebody to apologize to you to get over offense or to get over or hurt. I want you to get this statement, all right? And you should write this down, okay? Forgiveness is a one-player game. Forgiveness is a one-player game. Forgiveness has to start with you. You have to go first. You can't wait for somebody else to forgive you. You can't wait for somebody else to apologize. Why would you give anybody that kind of power? Why would you give anybody that kind of control if you know that offense and hurt can hold you back? If you know that offense and hurt is, is, is robbing you? We learned last week about the walls. If you know hurt and offense is causing you to live behind walls and you're not able to experience life what God has called us to live life experience relationships with people who want to have relationships with us because we're behind these walls we're holding on to our hurt why would we do that come on somebody so today while well, last week we talked about the secret all right today I'm gonna to be really practical I want to talk about how to forgive somebody how to engage in the forgiveness process process. Now, for some of you listeners, this might be new. And for some of you listening to this, you may have heard some of these things, okay? But I just really believe we are living in an age, whether you've heard this or not, where we need to build the capacity inside of us to live offense-free, to live in forgiveness. Things that are going on in our society right now, ever since the pandemic started, people are short People are, are intolerant. People are super, super, super opinionated today, okay? And if you're not careful, you can get caught into a trap of offense. You can get caught into the trap of unforgiveness. Come on, is anybody hearing what I'm saying out there today? All right, so today I just want to talk to you guys about how to forgive, all right? Again, last week we talked about the secret. Today, real practical on how I'm going to give you five things that I really believe that can help us live a lifestyle of forgiveness. We're going to need it, guys. All of us, every single day, we have an opportunity to get offended, to get hurt. I, you know, I just cannot believe how easy it is for people to just flip the bird today. You know, I just unbelievable so so I can understand if, if you want to flip the bird at me if I'm driving fast or crazy while I'm driving okay but the other day I was just doing the speed limit and just being relaxed and just enjoying my drive come on this is a very rare occasion for me come on somebody but even in this rare occasion where I'm just driving just the speed limit and just being cautious and just being kind somebody pulls up behind me and just all mad about something and just drove off just flipping me the bird. I just thought, you can't win for losing. I certainly would understand they would do that. If I was weaving in and out of traffic, cutting people off, I, I get that. But I wasn't doing anything. It's just a reflection of the intolerance of our society. I think a lot of us are, are feeling this right now. We're afraid to say something. We're afraid to speak up. We're afraid to say anything sometimes because we might say something wrong or we might be accused of something. So, so many of us are tongue-tied and in being tongue-tied, what's happening is, is, is we're growing intolerant. We're, we're growing scared. And so we're, we're fostering this opportunity to be offended and to live in unforgiveness or resentment. Friends, it's not 
God's way. It isn't. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. We have to be able to live free. We have to be able to, to love each other freely. We have to be able to look past our differences. We have to be able to accept differences. We have to be able to accept differing opinions today without getting offended. Come on, somebody. I hope you're hearing my heart. So today, we're going to talk about how to forgive. How to forgive. All right, so forgiveness starts here, this first one. You have to receive God's love for yourself personally. It's not enough to just say, God is love, God is love, God is love. We have to know for ourselves personally. If we don't know for ourselves personally, okay, then we're never going to walk in the fullness of forgiveness the way God has called us to walk in the fullness of forgiveness. And yet you hear me talk about discovering God's unchanging love, discovering God's unchanging love. You say, Pastor, you know, can't you talk about anything else? No! Why? Because discovering God's unchanging love is the beginning and it is everything. When you understand discovering God's unchanging love for yourself personally, not that somebody else understands it, not that your grandmother understands it, or that your husband understands it, or that your spouse understands it, but you have to understand it personally for yourself. When you understand it personally for you, that is the beginning. Why? Because that's the beginning of capacity. When we begin understanding God's unchanging love for ourselves personally, that's when the capacity starts to build on the inside of us. I think a lot of us are trying to walk uh, 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 in, in free of bitterness or free of resentment or free of un or, or unforgiveness without the capacity to do so. It's like we learned last week, you're doing it on your own strength. We're trying to forgive, trying to overcome in our own strength. We will never, ever be able to achieve the level of being free of bitterness or resentment or betrayal or hurt in any way, shape, or form without first gaining the capacity that can only come from God's love. Look what the scripture says in 1 John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. He first loved us. Come on. He first loved us. That's why we love. And I'm, this, is, this is one of the, the reasons why I'm so big on the vision of revolution. Because he first loved us. We love. Because he first loved us with the capacity to forgive. Because he first loved us. We have the ability to do things in life. That's why knowing for yourself personally, personally, how much God loves you is where we start. And this is going to take an investment. This is going to take spending some time trying to understand it, not just letting it go through one ear and out the other, but this is going to take some time to get into the Word of God yourself. This is going to take some time to listen to messages like this and allow your heart to be transformed by this. We love because He first loved us. When we get a hold about this, he went first on our behalf. It's a game changer. It, it begins to build the capacity inside of us to be able to forgive others. All right, so the second thing I want you to get is this. Remember, 
that the, the depth of our own forgiveness, all right? So the first one is, discover, we have to receive God's love for ourselves personally, but this one is, remember the depth of our own forgiveness, okay? How can we forgive others when we don't know how deeply we've been forgiven, right? So if, if, we, if we treat forgiveness really lightly and we just, we just breeze over what Jesus did for us and the forgiveness that, we, that Jesus comes to give us, how in the world can we give forgiveness to others? We have to understand the depth of the forgiveness, okay, that we have received. Listen, before I became a Christian, I stole, I hurt people. I did things that I shouldn't have done. I, I participated in activities that are shameful and hurtful. That's who I was before I became a Christian. And guess what? Jesus forgave me. He forgave me for all of those things. Jesus initiated his forgiveness for me. Look what Romans 5, 8 says this. It says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Catch this now. While we were still sinners, Christ died for me. Come on, you guys. While I was in the middle of all the shameful activities, all the things that I am not proud of, when I was bumping and grinding, come on, and, and with things going out of my head that weren't right, all right, he still died for me. He went first. It started there. It started, Jesus died for me even before I accepted his invitation. Even before he knew I would accept his invitation. Come on, this is the extent of the depth of our forgiveness. And guess what? It doesn't just stop when you become a Christian. The depth of our forgiveness doesn't stop when we become a believer in Jesus. Do I have any believers in Jesus out there today? Well, guess what? Your forgiveness didn't stop the day you got saved. The forgiveness that you and I walk in is perpetual. It is constant. It keeps coming and coming and coming. Look what this says over here. Hebrews 10, 16 in the Living Bible. It's so beautiful. Look what it says. This is the agreement I will make with the people of Israel. Though they broke their first agreement, this is talking about the Old Testament, though they broke that first agreement, I will write my laws into their minds so they will always know my will and I will put my laws in their hearts so they will want to obey me. They will want to obey me. Man, when you understand what comes into you and you receive Christ, you want to follow him. You want to do what's right. You want to serve him. You want to help others. You want to be good to others. Come on, somebody getting this. When you get a hold of this and this comes inside of you, it changes everything. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 17 goes on. And then he adds. You know why it says that? Because he's getting ready to say something else. He's adding to it. Then he adds. I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. This is awesome. You mean as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, the scripture promises me that he will not, never again remember my sin and lawless deeds? Yes. Listen, it's not that he doesn't remember them 
but he chooses not to remember them. Why? Because that's what he said in his word. He's trying to prepare a platform here. He's trying to show you and I the depth, the thoroughness of the forgiveness that you and I walk in. Come on. Is somebody getting this today? Notice it goes on to say, now when sins have once been forever forgiven and forgotten, forgiven and forgotten. We should write a song right there. Forgiven and forgotten, forgiven and forgotten. Come on. There is no need for the microphone to hit the chair. There is no need to offer more sacrifices to get rid of them. There's no more need. For sacrifices is what the scripture says. Jesus' sacrifice was the last one. That's why he can make this promise to you and I that our sin and lawless deeds, he remembers no more. It's not that he doesn't remember them and it's not that he can't remember them. It's that he chooses not to remember them. Friends, we have to know the depth of our forgiveness. And here's the deal. I'll say this again and again because the Lord said this to me. Dean, if I remember your sin and lawless deeds no more, then why are you remembering the sin and lawless deeds of others? Let that sink in. Friends, we have to know the depth of our forgiveness, how thorough our forgiveness is. Past, present, and even future. God doesn't live in time. You and I live in time. But he knows the end from the beginning. Come on. And he's big enough to forgive our shortcomings, our sin, our offenses, past, present, and future. And guess what? We have to do that for others. So we have to know the thoroughness of our forgiveness and stop remembering the offenses of others, all right? It takes us to the next one. So that means we need to refocus then on the real enemy. I've got a great big revelation for you today. Are you ready for this one? People are not your enemy. Let me say that again. People are not your enemy. Now I know, I know. I really wanted to believe that guy who, who told me, peeled the banana. Come on, somebody. I know the guy who did that, right? I know I wanted to believe he was my enemy. I want to believe the person that hurt me and betrayed me and rejected me. I want to believe that they're really the enemy. But guess what? They're not. People are not our enemy. Okay, look what the scripture says here in Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians 6, verse 12. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. People are not our enemy, guys. There's a real enemy out there that influences people to do dumb things. This real enemy has influenced you and I to do dumb things. Come on. Even today, as a Christian, even as a pastor, I am tempted to think dumb things. I have said dumb things. I have hurt people, even as a pastor. Come on. But you have to understand, and I hope you get this. <laughs> if I hurt you, I am not your enemy. Come on, somebody. 
People are not our enemy. We deal with a very real enemy that influences people, that schemes and looks for ways to trap and to influence and to manipulate, right? Satan is our enemy. People are not our enemy. And what happens, because Satan is the real enemy, he hurts people. Come on, somebody else, help me with this. Hurting people, what? Hurt others. And listen, I am not saying it's right that they hurt you. I'm not saying. But what I'm saying is they are not the real enemy. The hurt is real. What they did is real. But guess what? If you get this mindset, they are not the real enemy. It'll really help us in terms of walking this out. Remember, we're talking about how to walk in forgiveness. Focus on the real enemy. People are not the enemy. All right. That takes us to this next one right here. Now, this is the one where it involves a little bit of activity from us. This is the one that involves a little effort. This is the one that'll be absolutely life-changing if you step into this right here, all right? I'm just going to read this in Luke 6:28 because it's so simple and it's so easy, right? But yet, one of the most difficult and hardest things that we can do when we start talking about how to forgive others. All right, Luke 6, 28, notice it says, bless those who curse you. This is Jesus speaking. This is the one who said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. After all the humiliation, all the abuse, all the rejection, all the hurt. This is Jesus saying this, bless those who curse you. That word bless literally means to speak kindly of. And I know you don't want to speak kindly of the person that hurt you. I know you don't want to speak kindly of the person that stole from you. I get it. I understand. But yet Jesus said, this is our remedy. How to walk in forgiveness. Bless those who curse you goes on to say, pray for those who hurt you. I got to pray for the person who hurt me. Yeah, that's what Jesus said. Now listen, you understand, this is a radical idea when Jesus first said this. Noah's audience, his audience were Romans. And Romans, they worshiped the God of revenge. Man, so they, in the Roman world, man, you know what? You got revenge, baby. And here's Jesus. No, you got to pray for those who hurt you. Jewish people even were taught, because that was his audience too. Jewish people were taught, it's an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, baby. If they take your donkey, then you got to take their donkey. In fact, you can take two. It was always this eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And Jesus shows up with this radical new approach. It's radical. Bless those that curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Okay, okay. When I started here, okay, all right, I'm going to pray. I'll pray. This is going to be my prayer. God, get them. Smite them. Let them get maggots in their intestines. Get them, Lord. That is not God's way. And that is not the attention. All right? In fact, you could go throughout the Psalms and see that. 
okay, that the prayers of David prayed sometimes. He always started out, smite my enemy, Lord, let justice come to me. And then he would end up worshiping God, okay? So don't get confused by all that. Jesus is our leader, okay? But Jesus said, bless those that curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Listen, if you are serious about walking in forgiveness, if you're serious about being free of bitterness, being free of any hurt, if you're serious about coming out of the wall, letting the wall down, if you're serious about it, pray for the people that hurt you. Rebused, pray for that person. Were you falsely accused? Pray for that person. Somebody hurt you? Pray for that person. Were you betrayed? Big one right there. Pray for that person. Pray for the person that hurt you. It's really big, guys. And this is the reason why all of a sudden this becomes an activity of faith. Because everything inside of you isn't going to want to pray for somebody. Everything inside of you is going to want your day in court. It's going to want to share your side of the story. You're going to want to rehearse in your mind how you're going to tell somebody off or how you're going to get back and how just the system's going to all get fixed. That's not God's way. God's way is to pray for people that hurt you. And this is where it begins with a choice. You have to choose to do this. And I can make a promise to you. You won't feel like doing this, okay? But your choices will lead and your feelings will follow. Always remember that. Choices lead, but feelings will follow, especially in this regard. You have to choose to pray for somebody. You have to choose to pray for that person that hurt you. You have to choose to pray for that person that abused you or pray for that person that betrayed you. That's how we come out from the walls. That's how we come out and in, into the life that God has for us. And here's the deal. Let me just tell you this. You should write this down. Prayer may or may not change the situation. Prayer may or may not change that, that person. But here's what it will do. It will change you. It will help you. You will get free. Something inside of you will just be so free on the inside. When Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, that word is actually happy. Something, happiness, some kind of inner happy comes to you that you cannot explain. Something happens to you on the inside that you cannot even put words to because you choose to start praying. You choose to start doing it God's way. Come on, is somebody getting this out here today? I remember my mother, I saw this happen to her. She moved into a house and just while she was getting the house all ready, the neighbor who she hadn't really met yet he would deposit his grass clippings in the side ditch that was on the other side of her house. And, and these, these clippings just smelled and they were, 
a terrible odor and so the clippings from that grass would, would go into her backyard where there was a swimming pool there and picnic tables and things like that it was putrid and this guy just kept doing it day in and day out day in and day out then summer months so one time she decided to talk to him and just say hey would you stop I mean, the smell from that grass has been coming into my yard in a terrible way. Would you, would you mind stopping that and, and disposing of your grass? Like we all have to dispose our grass. We all have to put it in a bag and sit it at the curb. You know, but you keep dumping it over here in this ditch. And this man just looked at her and said, I have been doing this for all the years that I've lived here. And you're not going to move into this house and tell me anything different. He just walked away. He's going to insist on doing it his way. So I heard her, when she tells the story, she said, you know, what was she going to do? Call the city? Call the police? The man's dumping his clippings over there? So she decided to pray for him. I I'm telling you, it's simple. She started to pray for him. Lord, pray for him. Reach his heart. Bless him. I'm going to speak kindly of him. Reach his heart that he would stop doing this and that I would have a relationship with this guy. Because he was so mean to her, she actually started, got afraid of that interaction. She started to pray for him. And within two or three weeks, she noticed that he stopped dumping the grass by her house. Prayer. She started to pray for him. And then, and then they started to develop a relationship. Our family got close to that family. It was amazing. It all started because she prayed. She prayed for the person that hurt her. Come on. Oh, I got to tell you one more, man. You know, some of you guys know that, that we, you know, we had, we've had uh, rental properties throughout, you know, our, our lifetime. And, 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 and there was, we had uh, coin-operated machines in the basement of, some, of one of those properties that we had owned at the time. And, and it just worked flawlessly, flawlessly. Well, somebody started to break into them and to steal the money. And so I get so angry, you know. I'm going to tell you, your pastor is a reformed pastor. But back then, man, I took matters into my own hands, you know. And so, so one night I just said, listen, because it kept happening over and over. I grabbed a crowbar, one of those old, those old ones. And I said, I'm going to walk the properties tonight. And whoever I find breaking into these machines, I'm going to fix this myself. And I left the house. Yes, I was crazy. Yes, I'm still a little crazy, but not that crazy. And so, you know, our mother did, she just prayed. She said, Lord, I'm praying for these people who are stealing this money. I ask you to bless them. I ask you, Father, to prosper them in a way so they won't want to steal this money any longer. And she just prayed a simple prayer just like that. She was praying for somebody that was hurting her. And guess what? From that night that she prayed and to that night that I walked, with the crowbar, I didn't find anybody that night, never had another issue with those machines again. The whole time we own that property. Pray for people that hurt you guys. You're not going to want to pray. You're going to want to take matters into your hands. You're going to want to complain. You're going to want to call somebody. You're going to want your day in court. You're going to want to write a post on Facebook. Come on, somebody. You're going to want the story out there. I'm suggesting something different. Pray. Pray for the person that hurt you. Speak kindly of the people. Then this last one. Oh, I hope you get this, you guys. 
Allow God to turn it around for you. Yes, I want to close with this scripture in Genesis 50, verse 20. Story of Joseph. Joseph, I mean, this is one person that was betrayed, used. I mean, think about the hideous story and the history of Joseph. 13 years falsely accused in and out of prison, ripped off from his family, sold into slavery. Come on. This was vicious what happened to him. Treated like an animal. Okay? And yet, God turns the situation around for him. And he writes, and he says this in verse in Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for my good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. Can I encourage you today, guys? to pray for people that hurt you and to believe that somehow, some way that God can turn the situation around for your good. I believe it's God's way. I see it happen all the time, but it's gonna take that step of, of, of our faith to be able to say, I'm gonna speak well of people, I'm not gonna curse them, and I'm gonna pray for people that hurt me. And I'm going to believe that God can turn this situation around. You just have to ask him to do it. Look at this last scripture here. Romans 12, 19, it says this, dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. Don't take the law into your own hands. Listen, when we hold on to hurt, when we hold on to offense and we try to fix things this way, we're taking the law into our own hands. The one translation says, leave room for God. When we hold on to stuff, it's like we're not leaving room for God to fix it. We're not leaving room for God to heal you. We're not leaving room for God to fix the situation on the inside of you. Listen, every single one of us have experienced hurt, betrayal, something that we've needed to walk out in forgiveness. It took me years to pray for an individual and to finally get free of the hurt that that individual caused me, great harm to me. But it took me years of just praying and praying. I can see that individual today. And I... I have no problem seeing them and throw my arms around them. Now, they may not want to throw their arms around me, okay? But so far as it concerns me, I'm at peace. I am free in here. I can see them and not walk the other way and not avoid them. That's called freedom. If you are still avoiding people, you're not free. It's time to get free. If you're still avoiding subjects, it's time to get free. If you are practicing that avoidance game, the only one that's being hurt is you. You're behind the wall. Man, God is showing you how to get free today. Come on. We learned the secret last week. This week, this is how you do it, man. I just believe I'm talking to some people who want to live free 
who want to be all that God has called them to be. And you know what? Everything that I'm saying right here, it all begins when you become free by allowing Jesus Christ into your life to make you free. Yeah, that's what Jesus does. He comes into our life and he makes us free. He shows us a better life. He shows us that we can live offense-free. He shows us that we can live free of hurt, pain, bitterness, resentment. We learned last week that Jesus went through all of those things for us. He identifies with us and he identifies for us. And he's walking it out with us right now, which is the reason why he says to pray for those who hurt you and to believe that he can turn all things around. But it begins by you making a conscious decision to have Jesus lead you and be the Lord of your life. Maybe you're watching today, you've never heard these things. First time you've ever heard about this kind of Jesus that loves us this way, that paid a price, a huge price this way on our behalf. I'm inviting you to know this Jesus. I didn't know this Jesus. I grew up in church. I grew up in Sunday school. I grew up in church three, four times a week and didn't know the Jesus that I'm talking about today. The Jesus I'm talking about today is not a God of religion. He's a God of relationship. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. His blood was shed on the cross 2,000 years ago so that you and I could have a free relationship with Him, that you and I could come to Jesus just as we are. Friends, whatever you're in right now, whatever addiction, whatever sin, whatever horrific thing that you think you've done or that you may be in right now, Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. Won't you take Him up on this offer? Won't you take him up on this new life that he's offering to you today? And it comes so simple. All you have to do is just pray a simple prayer just like this. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Change me. Make me a new person. Help me to know that when my time is over here on planet Earth, that I will spend eternity with you in heaven. I receive you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to send the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give or about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.